This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Dr. Nompumelelo Obuko is on the line with us. Doctor, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time. Good morning, Seho, and thank you so much for this opportunity to engage with you this morning. Am I pronouncing your surname correctly? Yes, yes. Perfect. Thank you. The CEO of the South African Council of Natural Scientific Professions um, celebrating 20 years of existence. This really is quite the achievement, Dr. Oboko, especially because, um, you know, science and scientific professions is something that, you know, people are still trying to get into or let me say the basic education department and the education department as a whole are trying to encourage young girls and young boys to be part of the scientific professions. How do you think you managed as a South African Council of Natural Scientific Professions to sustain yourselves for 20 years? Yes, of course. Uh, as we celebrate the 20-year anniversary of SACNAP, uh, let me just give a little bit of background mm-hmm. we are. So we are a registration and a regulatory body for the natural science professionals in South Africa. We actually are reporting to the Department of Science and Innovation mm-hmm. under the leadership as an executive authority, uh, the Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Dr. Blayton Zimandi. So when the council was formed in 2003, really it was to ensure that there is good and high standards of performance, but also excellence as well as professionalism within the natural science fields. So we cover quite a number of fields, which are 26, starting from agricultural science, zoology. So these are the A to Z. So there's chemistry, biotechnology, molecular biology, and so forth, understanding the pivotal role that science, technology, and innovation can play in addressing some of the you know, key challenges, various challenges that we're experiencing in the country and when you look at issues of food security, now we are all looking at how climate change is actually impacting our lives and really making an impact negatively. You know, right from energy, we're looking at new sources of energy mm. to ensure that we remain sustainable. So this is really how, you know, the natural scientists are contributing to the development of this country. So over the years, we've seen an increase in the number of scientists registering with the council, understanding also what are the benefits of being a professional uh, in this area? And I love that you say that you're seeing an increase now of scientists, you know, registering. But what are the numbers looking like when it comes to women in science? Is it still a male-dominated industry? Yes, indeed. Women are still underrepresented in general in the sciences, especially when you look at the leadership cohort. But in our case, we've seen quite a number of um, with a significant increase over the years. Currently, we have 54% in our database are women registered scientists. And this really shows you quite a number of efforts and interventions that we've put in place to ensure that women are represented, women ahead, and women they play a role in the, you know, their talent is needed as we develop as a nation. So these are quite uh, strategic interventions based on our five-year strategy that we are currently implementing to ensure that as we rise, we carry along our women scientists. And not only that, the youth, they're playing even a much more pivotal role because some of them, as they're coming from the universities, they are requested or required by employers 
to have the SACNAST certificate. Mm. Then speak to us, doctor, about, you know, how science is assisting in issues that are plaguing the country lately. You know, things like the energy crisis, um, food production, water supply, etc. Yes, I think the starting point really is for us to recognize and acknowledge the pivotal role that science, technology and innovation can play in addressing our societal grand challenges. You've just mentioned a few now. Uh, but these, all of these uh, really calls for an increased commitment to you know, in research and in, in, in development for us to achieve our desired outcomes and impact. I must say that the government, uh, through the Department of Science and Innovation, they've taken substantial steps to address current societal challenges, issues of food security, you know, water sanitation and so forth, and ensure that we are future-proof. In 2019, there was the white paper on science, technology, and innovation that was published. And in 2022, they then introduced a 10-year implementation plan that really speaks to how we can harness you know, science, technology, and innovation to drive progress, promote economic growth, and enhance our competitiveness on a global stage. So these implementation plans will really look at how we work as public-private sectors uh, you know, in a collective manner to ensure that we address our key challenges. Uh, these are the grand societal challenges that really are taking or the society, but also how then do you harness all of these research and development, commercialize it so that we can have competitive industries. And, you know, when we speak about women in science, we're also trying to get young people, of course, to get into the science industry um, or into the science world. What are you seeing there in terms of getting the younger generation interested in science, especially at an earlier age? I know that you mentioned that you're just working with the Department of Science um, and Innovation, um, but what else are you seeing, higher education and training as well, but what are you seeing um, when it comes to the younger people wanting to be part of the science world? Yeah, I think the starting point for us has been really to you know, work with uh, role models. Mm. Our young people, they really want to have people that they can look up to as mentors, people who can hold their hands. So we've developed quite a number of strategic interventions going to the rural communities. Currently in our database, for example, we've got over 17,000 you know, natural scientists and we want to work closely with other like-minded organizations. We just had an engagement with the NRF SASTA where we are saying, let us work together, understanding the key challenges that we're facing in the country. When you look at our mathematics, we look at the science, and you know, the whole value chain university, up until then, they're absorbed by industry. Where do we make an impact? How do we work with the Department of Higher Education? You know, even basic education, because that is where we need to start, mm. to harness this talent when they're still young, ensure that they're taken forth, and we can actually track their progress over the years. I think we need a more concerted effort as government departments to work together and not work in silence looking at our specific mandates. But take that young child, if at all today, they are six or five years you know, starting school, where are they going to end in 20 years' time? We should be able to have those statistics and be able to see that indeed through the various interventions, here is a child coming either from Mamelodi or from a rural area who has been really helped over the years and we are now seeing the progress and they can contribute meaningfully to this country. Mm -hmm. I think these are some of the models that are used in other countries as well 
where they are tracking their efforts and understanding, you know, where are the gaps and how they can actually improve to ensure that these young people are taken on board, but in a very deliberate and intentional manner. I think once we do that and we are able to track, that will help us understand, you know, that all these investments that we've done or made in either capacity development, research and development, are they really yielding fruits? Currently, we're working with our scientists, going to the rural communities, you know, engaging with our young people to understand what are their challenges. But of course, as, an, as one entity, we cannot do it on our own. Hence, we're looking for par- uh, partnerships, you know, private, public, let us join hands and ensure that we move the vehicle, you know, uh, forward. Mm. You know, it, my niece often says when I ask her what does she want to be, she's nine, and she mm. says she wants to yeah. be a scientist, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but how do we keep that interest going in a child as young as nine years old who's going to obviously grow up and see other professions, and she might be interested in that, but, I mean, if her first thing was scientist, how do we keep that interest going and ensure that they don't change their minds and that we mm. see more of these young children being interested in going into the science world, mm. but also, um, you know, maintaining that interest for them. Yeah, that is key. And um, I'm happy that there's an interest at that early age. We need to harness that interest. We need to work with the schools. Uh, there is a science engagement strategy uh, in the country that really speaks to these uh, issues that you're talking about. Mm. So now it's about how do we implement, how do we work, you know, with all the various role players to ensure that this young child who has a keen interest in science today is actually maintained over the years. So this really calls for, you know, a collective effort for all the various stakeholders because we've got a Department of Basic Education, Higher Education, and the Department of Science and Innovation. What it therefore means is that we need to further strengthen our efforts, go to the schools as we normally go, but identify these key talents, the young interests that they have. In my days, for example, mm-hmm. in those early, you know, I, I was actually going to a school when I finished my primary school, you know, high, uh, we went to secondary school. We already identified at that early age and we were taken to a school that was specializing in science. Uh, physical science, life sciences, you know, mathematics. So these are some of the programs which we need to go back and say, you know, if we are to develop this sector and we want to do it right, what needs to be done? What are the lessons in South Africa and in other countries where we've seen that they are now harnessing, you know, science, technology, and innovation for economic development? So those are some of the things that we need to do. And I think that program was very well uh, coordinated throughout the country where you've got specialized schools for science, and these young people then are taken on board, and of course that talent is further enhanced, and then we can see that they go to the universities, they're still supported, and of course as they progress with their careers, there's still that intervention and mentorship become even much more crucial, because we've got, you know, um, at the university level, our lecturers, our professors, who can even you know, take on board these young people. So we're saying now we need a program where even the graduates, we are crying that they don't have jobs. This is how then they can make a contribution to the mm-hmm. country and go to the schools, identifying these young people, help them as they progress through the uh, uh, school, um, you know, work, the assignments, you know, now they're going to write exams. Who is there really to support them? So those are some of the things that as a country we need to look at those and uh, 
help ourselves you know, to develop as a nation. Mm. What is then next? What are the plans for the South African Council for Natural Scientific Professions for the next 20 years? Can I even put it like that? Or should we say for the next five years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 20 is quite ambitious. But yes, uh, for the next five years, I think as we look ahead, uh, with excitement of what really uh, is uh, ahead of us, uh, we're looking at how we can have a much more uh, holistic approach in what we are doing, uh, expanding our influence and reach to promote the natural science profession in South Africa. I talked about the 17,000 mm-hmm. registered scientists currently. That really does not represent, you know, all the graduates that are coming out of the universities, all the people that are working in the natural sciences in the country. Mm-hmm. So we need to work with the public sector, we need to work with the private sector. We've started some of those engagements already. And we want to strengthen our collaboration locally, internationally, to ensure that our scientists they remain at the cutting edge of scientific advances. But more than that, we want to continue our efforts to promote diversity. This is quite important for us and inclusion within the profession, understanding where we are coming from as a country, that this was really a sector for the few. But now we want to harness you know, this young talent, we want to ensure that women are adequately represented. Mm. And, um, you know, really to reflect the broader population. Uh, but more than that, we want to stay agile, ahead of the cap, uh, really, and adapt new technologies that will help, you know, guide our strategies, inform decision-making, and ensure that we remain relevant and responsive to the needs of the society, but also the scientists, and more than that, how does science contribute to economic or social and economic development in the country? And we want to continue supporting the development of ethical, responsible, and sustainable scientific practices for the benefit of society, the environment, and the profession itself. So we have now a five-pronged you know, strategy that will take us through for the next five, ten years that really speaks to these core issues so that we can advance the natural science profession in the country in a holistic manner, but in an inclusive manner, ensuring that we uphold scientific integrity and uh, that the society understands what are the benefits of science, technology and innovation, you know, to help us address some of the social and economic challenges of the country. Mm. I mean, we're really looking forward to that, Dr. Oboko, you know, as we see the South African Council of Natural Scientific Professions growing, but also seeing more women being part yes. of the science, the science world. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank Truly you, appreciate you. it. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.